0: Welcome from Zero to Hero. I'm Cray from Inspired Mindset, where we talk all things mental health and addictions. And welcome to another episode of Zero to Hero. And today we have a wonderful guest, Mariana Gonzalez from Tampa, Florida, who has an amazing story. And so welcome, Mariana.
1: Thank you so much for having me, um, for inviting me over.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure. You've got such an amazing story, so I thought we'd get straight into it. Um, can you tell the viewers, the listeners, what type of child childhood you had? Was it a, a happy one, a, a sad one, trauma? What, what type of um, childhood did you have?
1: Unfortunately, I had a rough childhood. Um, it was very abusive, I, and I felt abandoned. I felt um, it was not a good childhood at all. I didn't... I was asked, actually, by one of my friends, um, if I ever wanted to go back to being a child again. And I said that I was robbed. I was robbed of my childhood. I will never want to go back. I'm free. I can defend myself now. I couldn't before. So there is. A, I wrote about this. I have a whole like little article about that where I'm saying I feel robbed. Because I feel like they robbed my childhood. I didn't have a good childhood at all. It was unfair, it was abusive, it was traumatizing. I'm still trying to get over that. And I am sometimes not sure if I'm ever gonna be 100% over that fact.
0: And when you mentioned they, um, who's they in your childhood? Who were who they that kind of robbed you? And
1: So unfortunately, because, uh, my, because of due to the war, my mother had to um, flee Nicaragua to come to the United States. Um, unfortunately she had a rough uh, life herself, you know, um, needing, she got kidnapped for my grandparents' money. Um, you know, what they did to us was not fair at all. So they had to leave. She had to leave me. It's not like she wanted to just leave her daughters. You know, it's me and my sister. She's uh, um, 18 months younger than me. So at that time I was four and my sister was two and she had to leave. Um, she was already kidnapped and beat up and raped. And for, you know, the last money that my grandparents had, and then they both died. Um, My grandfather couldn't deal with it anymore. And he just ended up um, depressed and dying from, you know, from cancer. So as my grandmother, and she couldn't take that anymore. She's she had to go and leaving us, you know, is when things happened. Um, Unfortunately, uh, there was a, a program called Pro Family that was going to take us. It's like, you know, uh, child service. If you're neglecting those children, they are going to be taken away from you. Um, and so when that happened, one of uh, her sisters um, and her husband decided to take us in so the government doesn't take us. And that's when the most uh, awful part of my childhood happened, from nine until I was 12. I was... Uh, torture physically mentally and sexually um and i was beating up brutally like i will bleed there you know it will be days where i can you know i was sore couldn't get up um and this person is free and that always bothers me because there is nothing that i could do even right now the government in nicaragua is if you are with the government they're going to release you out of jail they're not going to to go against you and he works for for the government, um, doing not in a not in a good way. Unfortunately, the government pays um, delinquent, you know, criminals to go do the dirty job. Like um, in during the election times, what he will do for the government is he had a chemical um, for people to because when you vote in Nicaragua, they put a stain in your finger. Okay, so the government had already had people. Um, that they will, that had the chemical to, re- to remove the stain and they can go vote again. And that's how they stole the elections and all of that. So he was, he is definitely a dirty person. I don't, um, like, I, I still, I'm still fighting. I mean, I want justice, but I'm in the United States. There is nothing, not much that I could do there. And it takes so much money to hire, you know, um, an international lawyer and I have to physically go there. I work full time. I'm trying my best that I can. I have therapy every Monday because I can't get over that. And I live with constant anxiety. Um, Sometimes I get just like flashbacks out of the nowhere when I'm feeling vulnerable. And as a woman, it is not easy to be a woman too, because you have all of these hormonal changes every month. And so when I, I will get so sad and I ended up suicidal because I just, I can't take those memories out of my head. I can't. And I have that anger inside of me that that person is free and I get mad. I get upset because I'm like, God, I fight God. I tell him, maybe you don't exist because why will you allow this to happen to children? Why will you allow someone so evil to do that? Yeah, that's a child. Yeah, Like if you really do exist. And so I ended up in a, in, you know, in a fight with God, not believing in God. So I completely understand people that don't believe in God. Like my brother doesn't believe in God because he thinks like, oh, I'm gay. And according to God, I'm going to hell. So why will I believe in him? It's easier for them to say it doesn't exist because I'm refusing that I'm going to go to hell because of the way that I am. And unfortunately, you know, my brother had to see my mom's trauma. My mom was, you know, under medication too. I come from a family with mental, you know, issues because of the war. You have PTSD and everyone I have, I want to mention this. So somebody um, said something to me. uh, I mentioned that I have PTSD. And they said, what? Why do you have PTSD? Have you been to the war? You don't need to go to the war in order to have PTSD. You know, once the trauma, especially for how long that happened, that happened from nine until 12. That was the worst part. But prior to that, we were being neglected and, and, and abused, beating up like animals, You know, and there was no, there was no parents to help us. We were just, you know, vulnerable. And all I could do was protect my little sister because that's all I had. And then we were going to, these are church people. These are religious people that go to church three times a week, religiously every Sunday. And my auntie used to leave me alone. She has three children and then my sister and then me. So it was five of us together. And she will leave me alone at night to go to church, but only leaving me alone with him. She knew what was happening. She didn't do nothing. And I, I resent her. And I get told many things that she that she cries every day, that she's not doing good and all of that stuff. I'm like, it's karma. Because you knew what you know that you're crying because you know what you did and what you allowed. And then uh, one of my aunties who tried to defend her said. Cause I said, why does she allow this to happen? And my auntie told me because she was being abused herself. She was scared herself. She ran away at 15. And then you know, he's 17. And then that happened. And I'm like, I there is no excuses. I don't take any excuses at all.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so that being said, you know, it's just like I I know that she was in she's in love with this guy because apparently um, something happened where they they ended you know my my uncle ended up going to Nicaragua with a pastor and then um, he was caught cheating in the middle and then um, they got divorced for a year and now she's back with him so obviously she loves this guy regardless of how nasty and disgusting and such a devil and monster he is and imagine going to church I used to you know there was a part of that me and my sister used to cry there is a part of the bible when uh when God freed the people from Egypt right and me and my sister used to pray and say to God God please free us just like you freed your people from Egypt imagine saying those things as a little girl like every time that I remember those things I don't want to go back to my childhood at all I was robbed from a childhood
0: that's I'm, I'm so sorry you had to go through all that that's that's a, a powerful story and and very tragic um what so how did you how did you get out of that situation how how did you you and your sister get to get out of there
1: so finally, so my mom left when I was for my sister too, like I mentioned earlier, and what happens is she did come here illegally but because this was back in the Ronald Reagan days. Um, so he ended up helping um, the government to fight the people. So after you know, they won the war, the government lost the war. And the new government that's here right now is the one that won back in the day. Um, so basically Ronald Reagan passed a law saying that everyone who um, was here illegally and was affected by the war in Nicaragua is allowed to bring their spouses and children here and get their citizenship, if they could prove that they had been paying taxes, they had no record. Um, and then my mom and my family was able to prove that. And they gave us they gave her the citizenship. So she came and I met her again at 12. She came for my birthday and I told her what happened, but unfortunately my mom was not mentally stable back in the day she was on medication. Right now she's not on, on, on the medication. But um, one of the resentments too, that I had towards her and I had to forgive her was because the whole time that that was happening, um, he will listen to the phone call and tell me, if you say something, Karina, which is my little sister, will pay the consequences. I hate that word with all my heart. I hate that word. I try to say I'll pay the price, but I try not to use that word. Every time I hear that word, it's like an immediate like flashback. I remember him whispering that in my ear. And and so I used to tell my mom, sometimes he will leave the room uh, for a couple of seconds. And I will tell my mom, I have something to tell you, but I can tell you right now because he's coming. And my mother she knew she couldn't do anything about it. And so she went into ignoring that. So when I met her at 12, um right before she was leaving, I told her oh, she I was so, you know, so happy, so excited that I forgot about all of that at that moment. And finally she tells me, she's with me alone and she finally, she tells me, what is that that you always wanted to tell me and you said that you couldn't tell me? And I tell her what happened. And all she did was yell at this guy and said, don't you ever touch my daughters ever again. And then she left us there. And this little girl knew that she was going to end up getting a beat up to the point of death, I picked up a suitcase that she brought me with clothing and I went to the bus station without money. Like I could have gotten kidnapped right away. I could have been like dead, you know? Like this this could have gone horrible. So finally they call her and tell her, um, she, your daughter is refusing to come back inside of the house. And she just left with the suitcase and she's at the bus stop. They had to come get me and tell me she's on the way back. And then she came back and I told her, if you leave us here, I'm going to die. <sighs> you don't know him. I do. And, you know, also, we lived right next to a cemetery. And he used to send us to throw the garbage at, at 12 at twelve midnight. It was a mental torture. Like, he would tell us that the, the, the people are awake at night. You guys got to go and take the garbage out. And he was, this is the weirdest thing too. So he is two, Is one son, David, and then two daughters, Gabby and Francelis, right? Francelis being the the one that he protected the most, the little one. But he will torture David, my sister and me, not them, not those two little girls. And I just got told he raped the little one and that's why she hates him. And so uh, she's become, she's uh, a, She's working in a news station in Nicaragua. And I already attacked her. I went into the news station because I got angry at that time. I was like, oh, my God, she's getting famous. Now people are going to get to hear my part of the story. And I went and I said, so how does it feel to be the daughter of the rapist um, and knowing it and not doing anything about it? And everyone was like, wow, like what, what just happened? And nobody in my family fought me. Nobody, only one auntie said, it's not her fault. I'm like, then go with her. And I had to do that. I was, I had an episode because I was like, oh, here you are with 50,000 followers and everyone thinking that, you know, that you're this, da da da, And she's such an evil little thing too. And so that got me angry because I'm like, you are just the same as your father. And Gavi, she's the only one. She hates them. She doesn't allow him to. She married a doctor, which is the middle one marry a doctor and she hates him she doesn't allow him to see her or to see her babies and i get to hear all of these things you know because it's 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 part of the karma and yeah he was in the streets for the last year apparently like broke dead in the streets um and then now she forgave him and went back with him i will i'm never going to forgive this woman She's not my family, like in my heart, she's not my family. She's not my auntie, she she was supposed to protect me and she didn't, she didn't even protect her own son. So, you know, so I have that, that anger inside of me that eventually I thought, you know what? Maybe God does works in mysterious ways because now she's becoming a little famous. Everyone who gets to hear her is gonna get to hear my story. But if she wasn't there, to you know working in a new station nobody will know about my story right so i do have plans i want to finish publishing my book i want to i'm i'm going to continue my therapy i want to invest all the money that i can on my mental health because i know that this is not me i am a happy person but yes i have those days that i have rainy days where those you know all my hormones and all of those memories are killing me and i can't do anything about it you know um but, yeah, it's something that when my mom came back, um, she left, and, um, and I did that. Then she came back, and she moved us to another city, right, Esteli. And that was the very first time that I got mental health. And it's a project called Project Miriam. It's still there. They um, help me forget every weekend. They will have every weekend um, on Sundays a celebration For the kids so all the kids from the town can come and eat and they will give us candy it's so sad just think about that you know because it hurts me like this is when I talk about it I'm still so hurt and I feel for those kids like when I look I can't look at kids from Africa or Nicaragua because I just think about like abuse and hunger and you know and all, all of those awful things that you know, these poor kids can go through. And um, that's my passion for having my own foundation came because of that. Um, so Project Miria gave us free psychology. Um, they will have activities every weekend for us to attend. And I get to meet other children that the same thing happened to them. And we got to just forget about it for a little bit, you know? Um, so I did call them, I'm in contact with them. I told them my story and I told them that eventually I do want to do something with them. And I want to, my passion came from that. They were the first ones to help me mentally. And I remember that the psychologist um, had me drawing on a piece of paper. She was like, draw me something here. And I remember vivid what I draw. I, I draw a little girl in this big tree and I was under the tree and I could see the sun, little birds, and um, I shaped the the birds like M's. Like I have that picture in my head, like vivid, you know. And then um, she was like, "Oh well." She was like, "You know what I like about you? You're focusing on on the positive. You're focusing in the future. You're not you're you're looking at this like you're you're under a tree. You're looking for protection or like." you're looking at a beautiful water view and the sun, like you're focusing on not what happened to you. And I'm proud of you. And I just remember that, like, you know, so like these,
0: at a young age, when you went through all that trauma and that abuse, you, you started really focusing on positives and you, you were yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And yeah.
1: And, and I still do. I have to fight it back because it's a constant fight, you know? Yeah. What? Anxiety comes to you and fears, and it's a constant fight.
0: You got to the USA with your mom and your and your sister. How, how was your rest of your teenage years? There have been so much anger and stress and anxiety. I'd imagine. How did you how you cope when you got to the to the USA?
1: Well, I was actually super happy because this was my dream to get out of there. Everyone's dream is to come to the United States, and my dream was just to be with my mom. Like, I, I kept praying and asking God, just take me with my mom, and I'm never going to ask you for anything else. And unfortunately, things didn't went well here, too, because she had PTSD. She was under medication. Her husband was not a good person, unfortunately, um, very ignorant. Um, and, you know, he ended up being a b- becoming abusive um, to the point that it ended up really bad. Um, And basically, uh, we came here at fourteen. We came to Seminole Florida, and um, I went to Pinellas Park Middle School for a little while. And basically, the things, the house situation wasn't good at all. It wasn't good at all. And at some point, uh, my mother was thinking of giving up on us. And I just remember that we had counselors coming into the house, Um, and my uncle. Uncle Alan, which is one of the oldest ones, um, he said to my mom, You are going to give me your daughter and you're going to send, you're going to give me, me Mariana and you're going to send Karina to Orlando to Nelly. Um, and my uncle had to fight her because she was like, No, 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 I'm not going to give you my daughter. No, she's going to go to a home. Like, you know, it was, it was, she was not in a good shape at all either. And so we, I ended up going to North Carolina to my uncle Alan's house. He's very successful. um, And he has a construction company, you know, um, he has his own story as well. But unfortunately, you know, like all our family has had a rough life, you know. Um, So then after that, I was so upset at him because he has a daughter in Nicaragua, that she's here now. Right. But at that moment, apparently um, the reason why he never brought her here is because he was not his daughter, blah, 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 blah. So I remember going, he has, he tells he has always told me that I'm his daughter and asked me to call him dad. Um, And so I used to call him Tio Daddy, which Tio means uncle and then daddy. Right. So I would be like Tio Daddy, you know, because that was my father figure. And so Basically, I went to his room one time. This was this was when I was 16. And this is the most, like, what got me angry and why I ran away. So at 16, I come to his bedroom and I said, I was having, like, mental issues. Like, I was I was overthinking. I was confused about what was happening. I wanted to go kill this person. Like, literally. I know this sounds horrible and people are going to be like, oh, my gosh, she's not a good person. I'm not saying I want to go do that right now. Now I just want karma. But at that moment, I'm a child. I'm still a teenager. I'm still a teenager and going through hormonal changes. And, you know, so at that moment, I go to his bedroom and I tell him, So, what will you do if he does this to her? What will you do if he does, if he will rape your daughter? Anielka is her name. So I was like, What will you do if he rapes Anielka? And then he said to me, I will kill him. You know what I did? I got so angry. I didn't say nothing back. Like, I didn't say nothing back. I left and I went to my room and I said, then you're not my father because why, why haven't you killed him for me then, you know? And so, and that's at 16. So then I get upset. Then I'm crying. And then I turn, turn to my auntie, Jadira, and I tell her, she's like, what's happening? And I'm sitting in the stairs, right? It was a two floor house and I'm sitting in the stairs and I'm telling her I'm not doing good. I'm like, I'm not doing good right now. I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm disgusted. And I always had anemia because I had stomach issue. Like, and I, I, until today I have stomach issues because I get so nauseous, you know, like sometimes I don't eat at all. Like I just can't, like my stomach is hungry, but my mouth doesn't want it. Nothing. Like, I don't want to open my mouth at all. I don't want to talk sometimes. So I tell her that I'm not doing okay. And I tell her what happened and I ended up in a mental hospital that night because she told me, that's okay. He did it to me when I was 13 and I'm okay. And I'm like, I flip out. I was like, if they didn't do nothing for you, they're not going to do nothing for me. She's the youngest one in the family. And she has her own story too. Like, you know, this goes deep. That's why I'm trying to write a book and like explain everyone where I came from. Like what happened to me shouldn't have happened to nobody, and I just want like everyone out there to know that yes, somebody damaged you emotionally, but they don't have to own you for the rest of the life of their life. You have to fight. Yeah. But she tells me this, and she tells me this, and and she tells it to me so calm, like she was so calm. She was so like, and she felt it for me, but she was like, that's okay, and I was like, no, it's not just like that happened that happened to me at 13 too and i just flipped out i flipped out like my blood rushing to my brain and i started like just going crazy and so they ended up calling the ambulance and putting me in a mental hospital um and i was there for 2 weeks they undressed me completely they literally undressed me and they saw all my scars and they said she was abused mentally physically and sexually i have proof of that and i was 16 where did it happen so nobody can deny that where did that happen so yeah it was it was very bitter time because i was like they didn't do nothing for their sister they're not gonna do nothing for me i'm not ever gonna get justice and then after i came out of the hospital like um i came back to the house and they you know Like that's when my aunt, uh, so my uncle's uh, wife said something to me that I'm never going to forgive her either. And this is why um, I'm writing my book because I was told, oh my God, I feel sorry for her because she's damaged. She's going to end up as a prostitute, dead with HIV or in a prison or in a hospital or cemetery. That's her future. I got so angry. I got so angry I ran away at 17 and I was like you guys are not my family because this is what you guys want to see and I always hated it that and I hate when people say that oh this person is damaged this is their destiny no it doesn't have to be that way you damage me and then you want to tell me how I'm going to end up no I gotta prove them wrong I gotta prove them wrong but yes I ended up I ended up in jail I got a DUI um I ended up in a hospital before a couple of times, actually, yep. and I I ended up being a gogo dancer, and I ended up with a sugar daddy at a very young age, and so I almost gave them what they wanted, right?
0: Yeah, almost, almost.
1: And so that's part of my thing that I'm like, no, I have to prove them wrong. I have to prove them wrong, but I almost gave them what they wanted. They almost saw it from me because it's a curse. They said, oh, she's damaged. That's what's going to happen to her. Nobody should hear that. No. Like people need to stop saying that.
0: You mentioned that uh, you had the DUI. Were you using alcohol or any other drugs to numb the pain at this point?
1: Yes, yes. Because uh, another thing, Thing that I learned is that, and thank God I wasn't drunk. <laughs> I literally thank God I wasn't drunk. But yes, um, I did went out with a friend, um, and I had a cigar and two glasses of white wine and a bowl of food. Okay, so I, I wasn't drunk. I did pass the sobriety test, and I thought I was going to pass the breathalyzer, and I didn't. Um, but yeah, uh, unfortunately, that happened. I ended up in jail, and then. Um, that's, they, that's what they wanted to see. Yeah, yeah. And then I ended up violating that. I ended up in probation and violating the probation. Um, and yes, I'm a marijuana user. I do have the legal car. But what happened before is that um, how I ended up in jail, let me tell you this, because it's an interesting part because I do talk about this. Um, so... I ended up getting arrested with 1.5 grams of marijuana a year before it became legal to carry 19 grams. So my luck, right? So I ended up in jail and I think my auntie called the cops and gave me my tax and said she has something because they searched my entire car. So I do believe I was set up and they searched my car and they arrest me with the marijuana. And I had a pepper spray in my purse that the police officer didn't saw. So he arrested me. And then um, once that happened, the person who did the check-in sees my purse and he said, oh, she had pepper spray. Did you know that she had pepper spray in her purse? He said, no. So they charged me with introducing contraband into a detention facility, not a drug charge for my luck. Okay, because um, a drug charge is different than introducing contraband into a, a detention facility. So, oh, well, they charged me with that. And then I end up violating the probation with a DUI. And I paid a lawyer, um, never hire Charles Inman. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this lawyer does <laughs> not defend people. I've learned that the hard way. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, I had a lot reputation, but at that moment I didn't, you know, uh know that no better right and so at the moment i did get a lawyer and i i ended up in jail for two months and a half yeah, wow. and that's and yeah it was hard it was hard but and i cried i was suicidal i was like what am i doing here oh my god and they were like you're lucky they only gave you uh, three months and then with good behavior two months and a half right two weeks earlier hello so then basically Um, So basically what happens is I learned a lot there too. I'm going to tell you, it's a chapter of my book where I got to see other women with mental issues in there and crazy stories, because all you do there, you know, is work and then talk and play cards. And a lot of things happened to me, to me while I was there. And I get to hear other stories that I was like, Wow. I am so glad I'm not that damaged. I am functionable. I don't think that way. No, that's not me. No, I don't want to end up in here for the rest of my life. I'd rather die than be here for the rest of my life. I don't want a taste of this. Never in my life. And it was, it was tough. It was tough. And all I had was um, my ex-boyfriend and my sister sending me letters and like, you know, saying that they wanted to come see me. I'm like, no no nobody's gonna come see me like this yeah and i wanted to see them so bad but i was like no no, i can't let you see me this way
0: it's kind of but um, they
1: almost they almost got what they wanted from me
0: yeah it's kind of embarrassing isn't it when you kind of go in jail and it
1: is horrible yeah Yeah. Yeah. it is shameful it's embarrassing and then you feel guilt and then you feel like you are worthless that you're just you know a part of
0: the problem yeah i remember you know? when i was in jail for a short time and i didn't want my kids to come and see me they were like 18 19 i think but um yeah just all those feelings that you mentioned yeah it's just you feel worthless you're embarrassed but it's a yeah. good way um how had you how you did, how was your mindset when you were coming going through there did you decide to make some serious changes in your life or what what happened when you're in there with your mindset so-
1: So definitely, I'm going to go back to saying this to you. Um, Things, I do believe that things do happen for a reason sometimes. And I think I needed to see that because I don't ever, ever, ever want to end up like that. I mean, um, I have PTSD from that too, you know. And um, um, there was a mental issue that was happening while I was in there too. So you know how like the prison guards have like the keys and, and the key change and they're walking and you hear them. So I keep hearing in Nicaragua when he was abusing us, he always carry a key change in his, um, in his packet. A huge, I don't know, I don't know why this guy has so many keys. Like that's another question. It was like a whole bunch of keys. So I'm guessing he had to have been doing other stuff. I'm telling you, he was working for the government. Um, so he will ride a bicycle and I could hear him coming. Anytime that he was coming, the keys, the keys. Oh, we hear the keys. And then I start acting like I was working on something, like I was doing something so that he wouldn't think that I was just not doing nothing. Cause I, I, fear, him so, I fear him so much at that moment, you know? Um, so every time I was sleeping and the prison guard was coming with the I, prison, the jail guard, <laughs> the jail guard was coming with the keys. I kept, That flashback kept coming in my head. And then I wrote on the, you know, I wrote on the door, these two shall pass. And I used to stare at it when they will come up and down. And yes, it is true. Where you meet God is in prison. I don't know why. We shouldn't be that way, you know. But yeah, there were, you know, people that were in horrible situations. I got to hear too much. But I, I think that I that needed to happen to me so that I can be careful and not end up like they wanted it me there forever you know
0: yeah so you um you would have got mentally tougher and strong going through that experience what happened when you got released how how did you integrate back into your life and how did you kind of deal with your mental health and still dealing with the trauma from your childhood Uh, because i imagine that would have built up even more during this period
1: It did because I'm telling you, while I was there, the whole kid change thing was, you know, uh, was triggering, but I think I was just happy that it didn't get worse. And I do believe in God still, I do fight him sometimes that I'm like, oh, why are you doing this to me? Like, or sometimes I'm having like an anxiety attack and I'm like, please take these away from me. Please take these away from me or take this pain as a sacrifice so that, um, that other children that do not deserve it don't have to go through this stuff, you know? And it just, it, it, I just claim him. I do believe in him, but it's hard. I understand why people don't believe in him. So I think that what has helped me is keeping hopes because there, there were many miracles. I mean, I had a gun in my head before, by the way, oh, in wow. North Carolina, um, buying marijuana from a college kid. You know, we were, I'm telling you, I was not in a good path. And I, it's, it's easy for everyone to go down that route. Yeah, Because yep. you're angry and then you don't know better. You know, mm-hmm. like I was like, I hate to say this word, but I was like a little animal. You know, like yeah, I didn't yep. know better. You know, I didn't know better. And that's what happens to teenagers. See what happened to my brother. Like, I knew that he was angry about something. I just knew it because... These things are not free. You have to go through pain in order to become angry. You don't just, you know, born angry or born a psychopath. You're not. You're born healthy. Unless something, your mom did drugs and did something genetically happened, then yeah. But if you're born like healthy baby, um, there yep. is no reason why to, you know, for you to end up that way. I don't know. I just think that you are, you are made. You are not born that way. You're made. Yeah.
0: It's like yeah. our—we were born with a clean slate, and then our environment and our experiences kind of taint all that. Um, taint the born. Um, taint it with, with um, anger and hate with all our experiences. So I totally agree with you there.
1: Yeah. So um, to finish answering the question, yes, it has helped me that I still believe in God. I still believe in angels. I've seen so many things. I've seen weird things. I've already guessed the weird things uh, sometimes. <laughs> like when I can't explain something, I tell my mom, "Oh, I just think I have psychic abilities." But I know that it's not psychic abilities. I know it's just the fact that at a, such a young age, I had to be aware of my surroundings. I have to be looking out for my sister. I have to like figure out what's gonna happen next. Yeah. And um, yeah, getting out of there, getting out of there took months. Like, took months for me to like feel, I got out very skinny because I was like burning calories, playing, you know, basketball. Um, it A lot of stuff happened. That's a whole chapter of my book when I was there because I'm never going to forget that. And I can tell you some crazy stories from there. And it was just, you know, I, I made it to become a trustee within two weeks because I, you know, it will be short time two yep. weeks you know so i became a trustee and you know i got fire angel it was like a crazy story i was laughing at the next because i was like oh my god this lady left and she left us all the white t-shirts and she said take them you know and you you at night you want to use like you want to be comfortable right <laughs> so she left me all of these white t-shirts and I was working in the laundromat and um so she goes like you gotta go wash this I'm leaving tomorrow you gotta go wash this and just share them with the other girls and I you know I'm not thinking nothing is gonna happen and they give us a bag when you work in the laundromat they give us a bag for you to take your uh clothing and wash them and you know you can go do it every day so I took the little baggie and when I came back, the, the officer said that I stole the clothing from the laundry mat. And huh. I said, no, you gotta go look at the cameras. I left with this. I left with this. She gave them to me and that she was so smart, I'm guessing, and she was an older lady, like on, you know, like 50 something years old. Uh, and she left a note aside of her giving me everything she left the note saying i'm leaving you these whites and this stuff just share them and that was the proof he made it to the to the general like you know like the sheath general yep. like he made it that bad but yeah a couple of other weird things happened there like i will share more definitely um but it he was it was funny and he it was it's well it's funny now right yep. Yep. but at that moment i was scared i was angry um and yeah it was not easy at all but i made it and i what i did is i told myself it could have been worst and i always keep telling myself it can always be worst right
0: yeah definitely definitely
1: rape the body and then bury the body in one place and the head in another place and guess for how long he's going to go to jail for it? No 10
0: idea.
1: to 30 years
0: oh my god
1: that's that's a death sentence here so the government and then especially if you voted for the government you're going to be out in 10 years and they know it so they do it
0: yeah yeah well
1: and then they keep fighting the women they keep fighting the women saying like oh you need to go to the police and then you go to the police and the police doesn't help you like i've seen videos of this like one of the latest videos that i saw was this woman running away from this guy with a knife her ex-partner and she's right in front of the police station telling them he's here to kill me he's saying that he can't live without me and that if I'm not he's I'm, I'm nobody's so he's here you guys tell us to come here right so that you guys can help us help me they weren't arresting the man so suddenly they did approach the guy to see like if he had a knife because you know she was there for too long like she was saying go search him and so the guy uh, started attacking the police officers and killed one with a knife like right in front and he got all caught up on camera and everything and so at the end of the day it's a culture issue yeah I am ashamed of all the men who behave like a macho I don't like none of those things like I don't I condemned every man that you know raises a hand towards a woman that doesn't yep. deserve it especially yeah you sure. know because I, I do acknowledge there is bad women you know, out there. Like I get it. But no, like most of these women are just they have no choice. Yeah. Um, there is no jobs in Nicaragua. They have to leave from the man. Like they feel I've heard so many stories where they're like, I can't leave him because I have two children. How am I gonna support this? Yeah, so they rather take the pain yeah, and the sure. abuse. Yeah, you know.
0: And that's even here in Australia. Well, it's probably the same as in America, but not to the extent that it would be in your home home country like where there's not really welfare or other services that can support abused women so yeah it'd be um
1: yeah and you know again all we could do is just try to tell these people like you know you're not damaged um it's not your fault you gotta seek help and you gotta run but again it's hard it's easy it's easy to say it right
0: yeah oh for sure
1: but Yep. It is hard in reality.
0: You get out of jail. How was? How did you? How did you integrate back into society or with your family, with your mom and your sister and your partner? How was your mental health? And how did you direct your next part of your life out of jail?
1: Basically, yeah. So basically, after that, all one thing that I do have to be thankful for is the fact that um, I do come from a strong family, actually. And I do know that my mother is very strong. So I always think of my mother and I'm like, she's strong. She's gone through worse than this, you know? So you gotta be strong. And so basically I try to focus on the positive part of everything. Like I was telling myself, it could have been nine months, but it was only three months because guess what? You do, you did not have any record before. So it could have been worse. So what I tell myself is, it can always be worst. And that helps me because I know it can be worst. I have met, in along um, the time, I have met so many people with mental issues and I got to talk with you know, a lot of different families and things that I was so upset about. One of the cases um, that I can tell you of is, I know these two kids, Sarah and Matthew, and Sarah is very messed up. They're, they're younger than me, okay? When this was, I was helping a friend babysit the kids at some point, um, they were going through uh, divorce. They were adopted. And basically what happens is, is that Sarah and Matthew are brothers and their mother was just, um, I, let's, I hate to, I try to find words, you know, to not insult people, but they were like drug addicts. Um, she was not a, in a good shape at all and she had four children and so the grandfather was raping Sarah and then um, Sarah um, was only what was 10 and 12 no they got them at eight and nine yeah something like that she was just a little girl so when this was happening I am guessing she was like around seven, eight years old, and what was happening was that the grandfather was raping Sarah, and then the the reason why she ended up calling the cops was because she couldn't take to see Matthew, her little brother, go through pain anymore. Um, The boyfriend, her mother's boyfriend, was um, smoking cigarettes and he, he will turn off the cigarette on his skin, and so Matthew is such a gorgeous kid. I swear. He's so smart. He's such a, like, he looks like a mini Tarzan, you know, but he's damaged mentally because the mom was taking him to the uh, doctor saying that he had issues so that she can get drugs for her. You get it? Have you ever heard that case? That's horrible. Um, He was completely normal. And then they said that she kept insisting to the doctors and telling them he has, schizophrenia he has these issues so that she can get the drugs yeah and at some point she made them do a surgery a brain surgery and sarah said that after the surgery matthew changed that he was not her he said he's not my brother they gave me someone else and matthew is messed up like when i looked at matthew and sarah i was like holy crap yeah excuse my mouth I was like, oh, my God.
0: Yeah, that's, that's an it amazing story. It could have story. been worse. Yeah.
1: So, um, and yeah, and, and I got to help them out, but it was, there were times that um, one of the sto- the crazy stories was that the neighbor right in front of the house um, is an older lady, and, and she has mental issues herself. Um, she lives by herself, and she used to let him... She used to pay him to come and and do work inside the house, like handyman work or like, you know, to cut the grass or whatever. And then um, he was sexually frustrated. um, And basically the parents told me that, that night she did something to him and sexually, and then she threatening him, didn't gave him the money. Like, it was something in the messages where she kept giving him money, okay? Giving him $20, then he will go buy cigarettes. And this is only to a 20-year-old kid right now, okay? I was taking care of them about two years ago. And so, basically, um, somehow, he ends up getting angry and picked up a knife and was about to go kill that old lady. And they had to call the cops. And then I got to hear the whole thing. I was like, holy shoot. because. He's damaged. Oh, yeah. yep. He's yep. like, I don't care anymore. I will kill you. But well, this is a attempted murder case mm-hmm. because regardless, you pull up a knife on this lady, you know? So when I, I try to think about those things, it can always be worst. So I try to be thankful for what I have right now
0: yep.
1: and that I'm still conscious enough to function. Mm-hmm. I have a full-time mm-hmm. job. I My resume is actually and okay, I, it's a good resume. Like everywhere I go, I find a job. Sometimes I overqualified actually, but you know, like awesome. I I can keep a job. I can, you know, I live by myself. Like, you know, yeah. I've always been in a good, I, I've been functional and I'm thankful for that because these other kids are not functional. Then Sarah, like to look at her drama and everything, how she turned out. And I mean, they got adopted by a nice family. You know, this family is upper middle class and basically everything, they're divorced now because of the kids, because it was too much trouble. She couldn't take it. And then, you know, Well, yeah.
0: You've been through so much. She's so resilient. Um, how do you cope with your mental health now when it gets bad, if you get bad anxiety or you're getting some flashbacks? what? How do you cope with that
1: now? So right now what I do is... Um, I still have therapy every Monday and I'm um, even looking into trying new therapies. I, you know, I did the whole, like um, I wanted to do a, oh, I forgot the name right now, but it's like a brain mapping um, and like the, the electromagnetic frequency oh, yeah. in your brain yep. kind of thing. Yep. I forgot yep. the, the name of the, of the therapy. I look into that and everything. And I'm like, eventually that's thirty thousand dollars It's not cheap. But basically, what they do is like they do—they uh, look at your brain and they look at a normal brain, and then they see where the problem is, and then they uh, they send energy and pulses into that part of the brain to stimulate that part of the brain. Yeah. And apparently, is the best one for PTSD. So um, I'm looking into whatever that I can do. I do have insurance too, because all of these things are expensive. Like my therapy sessions are $150 per hour, you know? And unfortunately, this is another thing that gets me sad. Mental health is expensive. yeah, And they don't pay for it. And they don't care for it. Like my coworker called me today because she was crying. A 29-year-old friend of hers uh, is dead. And apparently he was having um, depression issues. And now he's dead. And she was saying, he asked me to come over um, to Florida for a little while because he wasn't doing good. And, and now he's gone. I think that he killed himself or he died from COVID. I have to find out. And she was like, it's my fault. Maybe if I would have said yes for him to come here, he will be alive. I'm like, don't say that. Mm-hmm. This is not your fault. When somebody's going to do something, they're going to do it yep. regardless. And when things are going to happen, they just, it just, it just happens. Yeah. Um, but looking at all of these things, you know, I got me so sad because she was saying I called my therapist and I told her that I couldn't get off the phone. And I we work in an environment where if somebody picks up that phone call, I'm gonna be on the phone for an hour to three hours. Or maybe they tell me no, I can't do this interview right now. Sorry, next time. Okay. But she gets stuck on a phone call and she couldn't hang up. And we do get checked by quality. Okay. So we need to keep good quality. We're working from home right now and we still need to keep our numbers. There is no excuses. Right. So in quality is listening to us. We know we are being listening to. And so she's like, I can't hang up this phone call and I can't take the therapy. So the therapist ch- charge her the full price for not showing up on time. And basically she was telling me she was like oh my god i just have to pay 118 dollars and like you know i was like it's sad because i i know other doctors that charge you 50 for not showing up because they didn't do the job And she was like she's charging me the full price like what am i going to do i'm like just change the doctor because obviously like this is not going to be a good relationship anymore you can't trust her she's not going to trust you either because that's how i feel immediately when something like that happens you need to have a connection with the therapist okay definitely you need to feel connected with your therapist you need to like your therapist and the therapist to want to help you
0: yeah
1: and so today i was telling her i was like uh yeah just send another therapist um this is just, it's not gonna work you're already upset because you feel like i'm having money issues and then she's tra- i need the i need the therapy and then she's charging me full price because i couldn't make it on time and now i have to pay you know to see her again and that's sad because to me i'm like that's the job they can't give it for free but i'm like mental health should be free yeah you know yeah like can you imagine if this was free like how many people will be so liberated and be like much yeah. better
0: Definitely. and then
1: it makes you lose it makes you lose hope in society too because you're like you're in the wrong profession when you don't help somebody the way that you should help them and i get it you do have to pay they have to make money mm-hmm. but i'm like 50 dollars for a no show is okay but you're charging the full session so i was telling her you know there are doctors that they're they're just working they're not there because they want to help you
0: yeah
1: uh, you know it is yeah. what it is That's yeah
0: yeah, no, you're giving some great advice there about the you know the connection with our therapists and um, and also you raised an important topic about the money side of mental health and sometimes doctors, yeah, they're, they're helping, but they're really not helping. They're kind of, as you said, they're just there for their their job or they're for their pay, paycheck at the end of the week. So it is difficult sometimes to get a really good therapist and doctor. So, you no, know, you're giving some great advice uh, great advice there. You mentioned earlier you're writing a book and also looking at starting a, a charity or an organization. Could you explain a little bit more about what you're doing there?
1: Yes <laughs> well it is my dream to have um, my own foundation one day and, and to publish my own book um, and basically the only reason why I want to do this is because I do feel that I need to give back. I don't know why, but it helps me heal when I help somebody else. Like, you know, just even listening to somebody for a little bit, you know, and be like, it's okay. It's going to be okay. This two shall pass. Don't worry about it. Let's work it through it, I've right? been there. I know the pain. I know what anxiety is. I know what depression is. We just have to, you know, keep going. I don't know why. It makes me heal. It makes me happy that I can help somebody else. When, but it's so weird because sometimes I can't help my own self, but I'm able to help other people. And when I look at that, I'm like, maybe this is what I'm I'm meant to do. You know, and, and that helps me because then I'm like, then I'm worth something. Then I'm worth something, and I keep telling myself, these pain will not be in vain. Over and over. Again, this pain will not be in vain because if I get quiet, if I don't do nothing about it, if I don't fight, then I just went through pain for nothing. But if mm-hmm. I do something about it, then it wasn't in vain. I can't let this happen in vain. I yeah. can't. I made the self to, I, I made the promise to myself. I said, You can't let this happen in vain. And I just want that book because basically the reason why I want the book is because I want to encourage children, kids, teenagers, women, men, whoever you are, that you're going through this pain, regardless of the age and your, you know, sex orientation. You know, I think that when you hear that you're damaged and that you're gonna end up in prison, that you're gonna end up um, in a hospital or in a cemetery, they tell us this stuff. And we take it in like it's real, like it's it's, it's that's what's going to happen to me. I got damaged and now this is my future. I want to write this book to tell them we need to prove them wrong. You can't let them have it. You need to take that power back and say, no, you're never going to see me like that. You're going to see me shining. You're going to see me like a rock star. You're going to see me talking about this and being over empowering myself and others, because this shouldn't have happened the way that it happened. Shouldn't have happened at all. I have no kind of abuse.
0: And you you've been through so much. You're such a powerful, strong woman. And I'm really looking forward to once you write this book and, um, and also your organization, your foundation, because you've got so much experience and it's great that you're using it to a positive And you've drawn that line in the sand and you said, no, I'm not going to be negative about it. I'm going to empower myself Mm -hmm. and I'm going to empower others. You have such an amazing story. I think we'll have to get you on again because there's so many stories that we could (laughs) unpack here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we can go season by season. Can we talk about these parts? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But um, I love it. I mean, I I want, I I hope you keep inviting me. Um, Yeah. I really do love this. Like, I love it. And, and you, you're such a good person to talk to. Thank you so much. Um, another thing I want to tell you, you know what I started doing? Because I couldn't understand myself. Um, you know, there is in, an app. It's called Demi, right? Mm-hmm. And that app, I just paid for $125. I paid me 50 hours of modern psychology. Oh, wow. So I'm starting psychology. Like, just little certificates, because I needed to understand myself, because For so long, I was like, I don't understand you, Mariana. I don't understand you. When I would look at myself in the mirror, too, a lot, and just stare at it, you know, like being like, what happened? Why? And why? So finally, you know, I always wanted to become a lawyer or a doctor or a private investigator. These are the three things that I love the most. And so I was sad when I learned that I can become a private investigator because part of me, I think I was just trying to do that because I wanted it to get back to people in Nicaragua, you know, to get them very well (laughs) and be like, boom, all right. But um, I have to laugh about these things, you know, I have to. But um, yeah, basically I learned that and they said the things you can have uh, mental health issues in order to become a private investigator. And I cried that night, I was so angry. I was so angry. I was like, why? Mm. And then I get to see the damage myself, you know, because you're like, look what you did to me. You ruined my career too. You know, that's Mm. in my head. That's what I thought. Right. At that moment. And then I was so upset. And then I was like, becoming a doctor is super expensive. I don't have the money for it. My family does not. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm like this is not gonna be you know I don't have any scholarship I'm like I can't do this um and so I got sad and I was like what else can I do I was like becoming a lawyer oh my god it's such a tough time like you know I, like I'm gonna have the money and I'm gonna make it like I always had that you know and then basically I ended up saying I'm probably gonna end up being becoming closer to a therapist in the future you know and I'm preparing myself for it because whether I don't, you know, I, I will probably end up having my foundation and just get to just train everyone to be like, this is the things that my doctors told me that I don't agree with that you shouldn't, you're not allowed to say here and like have a different type of therapy, like, you know, like want this to be, I have so many skills that I've developed when talking to people. Look at my brother. I was so happy because I knew it. And I just needed him to see himself and stop, you know what he was doing. Because I was like, I just knew it. How did I knew that? Because I know people. I want to connect with people. I can read people. You've Sorry. got so much. So- um,
0: no, you're you've got so much experience, and you're just in tune with people. Um, especially when you're in that heightened state of anxiety, you can you can pick pick up on people's uh, intuitive if they're feeling anxious or depressed. You can instantly read people's body language. mental health so you'd be really good at that as you can I can tell you are you are ready
1: um go ahead and pay yourself that little course it's 50 hours and it will help you understand so much you know like I literally was writing down things as I was going and I was like oh my god yes Uh I get it this is you know like you literally start understanding it but another thing that I think that every school should have now is they should give us a basic psychology as a class because you need to understand people. Like now I understand, like if my, if, if, you know, my mother is overly talking and repeating herself, she's anxious. I get it. And she's an older lady. I get it. But I used to fight her. I used to be like, you already told me that. I already told you that. You don't, you know, like, you don't remember or or you're like, what's happening? You're not paying attention to me. I used to get mad at my mom because she will ask me the same question. So what, how is this going? I was like, I already told you that. And I was getting upset at her and I shouldn't because that's my mother. I love her to death. I'm so thankful that she's so strong that she brought us here. She took us out of there. She never abandoned us 100% like my father did. And I am so thankful that she's so strong and I admire her. And that's why I'm strong because I have to. And I want to be there for my mother too. But yeah, I was getting upset at my mom and thinking like, oh, you're not paying attention to me. You don't love me. You don't like me. You always criticize me. But it was just that she was frustrated and sad and going through her own stuff and that she has PTSD herself. I mean, my mother will wake up, you know, like we live, but now she bought a house by the school that we used to go to. And basically she will be sleeping and then she will hear the helicopter passing by. And then she will wake up. Oh my God, oh my God, what happened? And I used to be like, oh my God, like relax. But I was just a teenager. Like, you know, like I, I was just, I didn't know myself. I didn't knew what was happening. I didn't understood what was happening to her nor me. I had to learn how to forgive and also understand that she has gone through worse than I did actually crossing the border, the stories, I can tell you the stories that she has told me. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'll have my desk. I have what happened to me, actually. You know, and there was a psychology, there was a psychology uh, video that I watched before. But it was this doctor who, who had a group of people. And he told them, write your problem right now in a piece of paper. and, And throw it in this basket. And write your problem right now. And if you want to exchange it for somebody else's problem, drop it in this basket, move it around and then pick somebody else's problem. And so he made everyone do that. And everyone grabbed the piece of paper, read the problem. And he says, do you want to keep your own problem? Or do you want to keep the problem? Somebody else's problem right now? If you do keep it, if you don't drop it back in the basket, guess what happened? Everyone dropped the piece of paper back into the basket and they said, I'd rather have my own problem.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 so, yeah. So, i rather have this is one of the things that I think about. I'm like, I'd rather have my own problem than what happened to my mother. And that's why I love her. I, I'm, you know, I'm today was an example where um, I was texting with her, everything was fine. And suddenly she's not texting me back. Uh, And then I call her, and I can see because you know she's so cute. She has like I read, you know, like (laughs) on the iPhone, read and delivered. So I'm so used to like I know when you read it, I know when you didn't. (laughs) So I see her that she hasn't read them, and I'm like, what's happening? So I call her, and the phone is off. I started panicking. I'm like, what happened to my mother? I'm like, she doesn't do this. I'm like, what happened? Like why is she not picking up the phone? And then I get it that she may have damaged the phone or something happened so i call my brother and i tell him randy um like i call him he doesn't answer and i'm like randy is everything okay randy and he also has like everything so i'm looking at the messages and i'm like they're not going through i'm like oh my god did something happen to my mom like i panic was like something happened to my mom and i got like an hour of anxiety it was horrible so they told me they both had their phones dead they went to a doctor's appointment for my mom's eye because she she's not seeing okay with one of her eyes. So they went and did that. And that's why I got nervous too. Because I'm like, did you crush? Did something happen? And Vandy's taking care of it? Like what happened? You know? So I get desperate because I love my mother. I love her and I know what she has, you know, gone through. And I don't want to lose her yet because there is so much time that we need to get back to.
0: You have such an amazing story there, Mariana. Um, I'm gonna to have to get John again because there is so much talk <laughs> I, like <laughs>
1: I would love to. I would love to. So and again, again, I am trying to start my own YouTube channel, but I just haven't. Like, I have been working from home, and you know, it's 40 60 hours a week, and then like trying to keep up with my health and everything. So eventually, I will soon because well, I'm. I'm
0: Let us know when you um get it up, and we can paste the uh, post the um the link for your YouTube channel so others can uh, see what you're doing.
1: Yes, and I thank you so much again. Um, I feel honored that you that somebody wanted to allow me to go to their channel and tell my part of my story. Like the minute that I saw that post, I was like, "Yeah, I want to talk to you. I want to talk because I'm on a mission." Like, I want to finish this book. I want to finish this. Bye. You as well. Thank you so much. (laughs) Bye. Bye.